Welcome to Show Me the Proof, Get to the Point, the B2B marketing podcast where we show you the proof in the form of case studies and success stories. And we get straight to the point with your hosts and founders of ProofPoint Marketing, Mike and Gabby Grinberg. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Show Me the Proof, Get to the Point. And today we are joined by Angela Labrosi, who's a channel partner, director at Within3. Hi. Thank you both. Really excited to be here. Yeah, and we're excited to chat with you. Uh, I know we, we, we talked a little bit uh, prior to recording about what you've got going on, and it's uh, uh, pretty exciting stuff. And again, it's, we haven't talked about uh, partnership programs yet on, on the show, so we're really looking forward to digging in. I'm, you know, learning more from, from you and from your experience. I mean, you've been doing this for quite a while. So uh, let's just jump right in. I mean, I think it'd be awesome to uh, hear what, you know, what the program, what the partner program is all about and, you know, how you went about, how you went about building it. Sure, absolutely. So uh, I work for Within3, which is a life science software company. And just being in the healthcare space, we work with a number of different types of companies. So predominantly our clients are pharma and medical device companies. And we enlist these companies that want to engage uh, stakeholders, be it physicians, patients, payers, and they're engaging with these stakeholders in an asynchronous fashion. So it's directly on our platform. And in order to launch what we call our sessions and that engagement, we are in need of content. And from our perspective within three, we consider ourselves the tech experts. And so we rely heavily on agency partners. So in the healthcare space, I'm predominantly referring to medical communications firms. Uh, These types of agencies are developing content, they're developing manuscripts, white papers, educational materials, typically geared towards physicians, in some cases could be patients as well. And so because we rely heavily on clients that you know have agencies, many times they want to enlist their help in launching these sessions. So historically, you know, within three is close to a 15-year-old company. And we've pretty much consistently during that time worked with these types of agencies. And so it just became apparent to us that additional training, additional knowledge about our platform would really be advantageous for these partners. So yeah. What was the, I'm curious, in terms of the, the impetus behind building out a partner channel, um, was it more around, uh, you know, having, having a new revenue, uh, revenue stream or was it more around, um, you know, kind of awareness for existing, kind of within existing clients and getting them to be able to leverage the platform more, better, et cetera, or a combination of the, of the above? For sure. And and that point right there is such a critical distinction for anybody listening that is looking to launch a partner program. So in some cases, you know, I think a lot of people, when they do think of a channel partnership, they are thinking of generating revenue, right? They're thinking about what partners can they go out, be selling or presenting the information on their behalf. In our instance, it was more of an awareness generation. So that's what I was tasked with when I came on board. I myself had an agency background, so I had been in the field for 15 years, uh, predominantly working with those companies. I also worked on the vendor side, working alongside agencies. So I understood what that dynamic looked like. And I think that's another critical tool when you're launching a partnership program is understanding what that dynamic is with the channel partner that you're working with and your end user being your client. And within three's case, since this was more of an awareness generation, we're really focused on leads, I'd say, Certainly, it'll trickle down to revenue, hopefully, in the end. But for now, our main focus is generating those leads and contacts through the agencies to make recommendations for our clients. Mm-hmm. So is it, uh, I'm curious, how much of it is around, um, and again, I'm, I'm, you and I have already ta- talked in the past, so I'm kind of going off of that, but how much of it is about generating kind of, like you said, net new you know, leads and opportunities versus getting, let's just say, driving more I don't know if loyalty and advocacy is the right term, but like getting your existing customers who are using, you know, maybe these agency partners to use the platform more and, and, and better, right? And drive sort of better adoption, which again, long-term obviously has a, a pretty big revenue impact, right? So what, 
and maybe you're doing both. And I'd be curious to sort of understand how the pro how the partnership program affects both of those aspects. Absolutely. So I'd actually would say it's a pretty even split 50-50 between generating new partners. So we do a lot of outbound outreach to generating new partners, whether it is anybody that's just simply interested in the Within3 platform, or perhaps they're already engaging through an active session with one of our clients. And then in turn, we'd like to educate them further. And then yes, we absolutely have, you know, our existing agency base uh, that's already been enrolled in our, our agency partner program. Maybe they're longtime partners of us that they know our software. They could probably present it on our behalf at this point. They've just been working with us for so long. But it's just as important to maintain those connections, have increased engagement with them, let them know about updates. And so we really I'd say as far as my role is concerned, I'm finding I'm spending my time even split. I'm curious from a, a model uh, perspective, are your agency partners, are they usually, is, is it almost like a, uh, are, is the platform almost like a pass-through cost for them where they're billing, like they own the, the platform relationship or is it more of the end users, like the, the agency clients are owning the, the platform relationship? Or is it sure. So in our uh, situation, the way that we're set up, our clients being Pharma and MedDevice, they are the contract holders, so they will hold the license directly. The agencies, though, we're, as far as we're concerned, we're very transparent. We're happy to share with them what our pricing is, if they want to pass it along to their clients. We do have some agencies uh, that serve as a, you know, where we will give them the pricing and we might be a pass-through cost for them. Some cases it could work the other way around where their services are a pass-through cost for us as well. Sometimes it just boils down to who holds the MSA and what makes it easier, you know, in terms of a particular transaction. But it's, you know, again, for anybody that's listening and they're interested in setting up this program, it's all about what your goals and objectives are. So if you're much more revenue focused, it might be that you're taking it one step further beyond the pass-through cost and you are setting up a system where they're generating revenue, that they're getting a piece of the pie once they're making that sale, you know, and presenting on your behalf. Um, I'm curious about a, a couple of things there. One is kind of go taking it all the way back to what, if you could take it, like what was the impetus to actually create the program in the first place? Uh, I'd love to start there. So I think that awareness piece was really crucial that we had identified a number of agencies that had done a substantial amount of work, but they were just simply doing the same thing over and over on our platform. And our platform has so many different uses that clients can utilize it for, whether it's for internal purposes, external purposes. And so we were finding that if we could just bridge that educational gap with our agency partners, that would go a long way. And in the case of you know, software companies, so many of them now have certification programs and additional training. So the timing just really seemed perfect. And certainly we did a lot of interviews, did a lot of you know, crowdsourcing to find out, did this make sense? Would this even be of interest? Is this worth our time? And the answer was a resounding yes. So I'd say that was that initial point. So when you think about... Um the impetus for the partnership program and some of the goals that you had um, was how did you go about actually putting the program together? You know, was there, was there a sign up form? Was there, was there, um, you know, what was the criteria that you were using to select the partners and sort of, can you, can you answer the question of what's in it for me? You know what I mean? Cause a lot of times, um, we have part, you know, there's so many partnership programs out there. And actually, I'm very excited to talk about you with this because we at Proofpoint, Proofpoint are currently um, in the process of putting together a partnership program for us as well. With now it's different because we're a service provider, whereas within three is a is a SaaS platform. Um, so you know, the nuances there are certainly a bit different. But if you can kind of walk us through sort of how did you go about selecting the partners? What was the criteria? What was the um, the entrance, if you entrance exam or or intake form or whatever process that was that was used to guide your decision of who could be in the program? And then also share with us sort of what's in it for them. Absolutely. So the first stage that we had, and I'd say really the first three to six months of kickoff 
we focused on those agency partners that had done work with our platform. So from our perspective, those were companies that were very familiar with us, what we had to offer. We had shared groups of clients already. So that initial was really important for us because our thinking was they're, they're the ones that are going to have an initial interest. They'll also be able to provide us feedback. I think receiving feedback from your partners when you're just in the infancy stages is also really critical because you want to make sure what you're providing and the benefits that you're providing, are they really worthwhile? So it allowed us to hone and edit as needed within those first couple of months. So I'd say, you know, right now we have over 75 partners in the program. Initially, we started out with a grouping of around 25 to 30 of just those agency partners that, you know, internally I did a lot of uh, work with both our business development team, our account services team, and worked very closely with those two groups because they were really at the forefront of navigating those relationships. So that was how I first started, and they were able to make referrals to me on who made sense to recruit for the program. So I'm curious, what were, I mean, did you have a specific set of criteria for, hey, we want, I don't know, uh, agencies that have worked with, a, you know, uh, for, with, with the platform for at least a number of years or have put so much work or revenue through the platform or the have some specific client overlap like what we're i'm, I'm very curious because i know that selecting the that pilot group is critical like you said to get that right amount of feedbacks to actually create a uh, you know a, a larger um a program and offering that's that's worthwhile so I'm, I'm i'm really curious about what were those what were or were there any specific uh like selection criteria so we really didn't have specific selection criteria just because it really varied customer to customer how often they were engaging with us. But what I would say, having the referrals, especially from our account team, because they're really interacting with them on a daily basis, that was really where I was able to have some guidance from the beginning in terms of who made sense. And so typically these were partners who were referring us right off the bat that they knew internally they were referring clients to us that they understood the platform. They were, already, sorry to interrupt, they were already referring business to you anyway without any sort of partner program. They were already advocates of the platform either way. Exactly, exactly. And do, do you have any sort of remuneration uh, component for the partners, meaning if they're referring business to you, do they are they remunerated in any, or compensated in any way? As of right now, no. That okay. is not part of our program. So we do get asked that question, and that is a really key component of a number of agency partner or you know partnership programs out there. Um, in the past, in my career, I've been a part of those, so I do know that's a key component for us right now. We're not finding it necessary, and as I said before, we are having agencies that are already referring us. So for now, it's not a model that we've implemented. What I do foresee in the future, if we're going to go down that road, it's potential in certain markets. We might identify potential that that might be, you know, a situation that we might want to enter into. Certainly a lot of growth areas for us are APAC and LATAM. So it might be that there are some partnerships there that we want to pursue. And it might be that we need, you know, additional people on the ground there that can help present and share the information about our platform. And in such case, it might be advantageous for us to enter into that type of agreement. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, you know, you mentioned, you know, you don't currently find it, uh, find that there's a need for that kind of, you know, ref share type model or anything like that. Um, what, what is, I guess two questions. One is maybe even just to um, get people more excited about to, to hear about the rest of the, uh, the conversation, which is like, what, what, what has been the impact of the platform? Like, what have you seen in terms of awareness, in terms of, um, you know, maybe platform usage or any data that you have to sort of support, like, yeah, this was a good investment. Absolutely. So, you know, it's, it's also a free program. So I think that's another key component here. We are not charging people to be a part of this. So we consider this a free certification program. And if I may, I'd like to take a step back as well and just share what the benefits are of what the program is. And then from there, I can actually talk about, you know, what has been the ROI so far. So as far as the benefits, you know, of the program, we offer co-promotion between us and our partners. So we ask for permission to use their logo on our website, on our social media channels to essentially make some noise and let people know that we are partners. 
They're allowed to put our logo on their website as well. And many times you'll come across company websites that have partners that they list. And the hope is in the end, that is they're speaking with their clients and their clients come to them and say, hey, you know, I've got a within three license. Can you help me use it? Do you know how to make recommendations? And they can confidently say, yes, you know what? We've done the training. We're part of their agency partnership program. And so it gives them that added third party credibility that they have been enrolled in our program. It also contains training directly on the platform, which is a huge benefit to our agency partners. One of the reasons it's a benefit is for any of the account teams that these agencies are working with us, they're getting firsthand experience using the platform. They're understanding what makes a successful session, working with our account teams, and it just gives them a deeper dive into all the different things they can do with their clients. So most of our agency partners are building out strategic plans, whether it's in medical affairs or maybe they're conducting a launch plan for a new drug. And so they're going to get a better understanding where our software can essentially plug and play into all the plans that they're doing. And then in turn, the added benefit would be if they can upsell on the back end to their clients. So if they've got a client, let's say, that has a within three license and they want to build out all these various services that their agency offers, and they can say, hey, we're going to build out this six to 12 month plan for you. And here's how we're going to engage with your stakeholders. We're going to do so using your within three license, which is no extra cost to you. And then they might be able to upsell some services on the back end. So that's a huge benefit, you know, for our partners. And then also just from, you know, a career trajectory, we offer a number of industry opportunities to participate in panels. The training itself is a a certification program. So we provide them certificates and we provide them information that they can share out and promote the fact that they are certified. And then we have ongoing training and resources that they have at their disposal to help with presenting to clients. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now I'm curious, were any of those aspects kind of already there before the official program started or were these like the certification and some of the co-marketing uh, that you mentioned, uh, you, were you kind of already doing uh, some of those things or did that all get created as part of this program? That was all created as part of the program. Okay. Um, and I'm, I'm curious, um, again, kind of, uh, you know, going back to, um, uh, you know, I- impact, like what, so we kind of talk about what the program is and the benefits. What What was the, Uh, What was the impact of, or what has been the impact of all this work so far? Absolutely. So we're definitely seeing awareness increase and we're seeing that through, you know, just social channels, increased website traffic. So we're definitely seeing a lot more of these agencies coming to our website, requesting demos. So just right off the bat, I don't have numbers related to that, but Mm -hmm. on a monthly basis, we've seen an absolute increase in those requests. From a lead perspective, our overall goal for the program is around 120 uh, sales qualified leads. So these are leads that the agencies are coming to us saying, hey, we're working with XYZ clients. This is the opportunity, connect us with somebody within your organization. And so we're tracking right on that for the year. We're mid-year, so we're halfway through. And we really consider that a huge success and a win from a sales perspective. And then at the end of the year, this is all tracked. Uh, you know, our company uses Salesforce for tracking. And so we'll actually be able to track at the end of the year what our agency partnership program from a revenue perspective, mm-hmm. what those leads translated to in terms of dollars. Sure. sure. And, I, and I don't know if you can share this. I'm curious um, what percentage of like total SQOs is sort of planned for this program? The total goal is 120 SQLs. No, I mean, like from from your overall total for for the company, like what is this? Is the plan? Is is the program? Is this meant to drive whatever? Let's say five percent of of total, uh, you know, things like that. Oh, I see what you're saying. Uh, roughly about that. Okay. But yeah. So again, like like you said, it's not meant to be a major revenue generator, at least not at this point. Uh, but it's more of that kind of strategic awareness, uh, etc. Exactly. Angela, can you uh, share with us maybe a little bit about how you nurture? You said you currently have, was it 75 partners part of the program? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm assuming there's probably one, maybe two 
point of contacts for each of uh, of the agency partners that are in the program. So how do you go about um, kind of nurturing them and keeping uh, keeping uh, within three top of their mind? You know, what are some of the the tools and things that you do to um, to keep that partnership uh, that that program sort of feeling very uh, exclusive for for your for your partners? So we're fortunate enough that within three, we actually have our own resource tools that we can use that are part of our platform. Uh, so one of them, our resource center, which is a one-way communication tool where we can post content. So that's updated every month. And as soon as that's updated, a notification is sent out to everybody in the program so they can come on and access that. And that can really take the shape of, you know, number of different types of materials, could be new videos, could be case studies, especially unique case studies that we think would be of interest to them, interviews with other agency partners. So we consistently host agency spotlights. Uh, we actually have a PR firm of record that will interview various agencies, find about what their experience is, you know, especially when it comes to asynchronous, what are their thoughts and feelings in terms of the future. And so that's been on a monthly basis, a great way for us to have a point of contact. And then from my perspective, I'm reaching out to them quarterly just to have check-ins with them. It can just simply be a 20, 30-minute conversation where we're checking in. Do they have any new clients that are worthwhile for us to chat about? Or it could be that we've got updates on our end for the software that we want them to be aware of. Excellent. So I'm curious on, on, a, on a couple of things. Um, one is you just mentioned, you know, the, the content pushes through the platform. I'm assuming since it's through your platform, are you then are you able to and are you tracking, uh, you know, kind of the content consumption metrics in terms of like, are people actually looking at these? Are they watching the videos, et cetera? Like, yeah. how are you evaluating the, the impact of those communications? Absolutely. So we do have a built-in and metric use, uh, user metrics on the resource center. So we can absolutely see what they're engaging with. More often than not, it seems to us that the case studies is the is the information that's resonating. So we actually include both a PDF as well as PowerPoint slides where we break down within two to four slides that particular case study. And we provide that. It's fully downloadable. So if any of the partners maybe want to include it in a slide deck, they can do so. And these At are any case time. studies, sorry, just to clarify, <laughs> these are case studies of your end users, right? Not of case studies of how other agencies are using the platform? It's both. It both. It's both. Okay. It's both. Got it. Okay. Um, and then I, I'm, I'm assuming they're, you know, that they're gravi gravitating to those because they can use them as, you know, part of their, you know, sales pitches and things like that. Exactly. And I think in some cases, if they're navigating this resource center and they're looking for a specific case study that they want to see, oh, well, you know, does the platform really support this? And then they're able to find it within the case study library. I think it helps mm -hmm. them, you know, just get a better grasp as to how that's going to be implemented. Mm -hmm. The other question I have for you is, you know, you mentioned you've got, you started out with about 25 partners, you've got 75 now. Um, I have a couple questions around that, but one is, you know, I mean, most things kind of follow the 80-20 rule where, you know, the, you know, 20% of your, say, partners are the, you know, bring in, whatever, say, 80% of the, you know, opportunities as well. And also are the, generally the ones that are taking the most advantage of the platform. Are you seeing that same thing from a partnership perspective? As of right now, no. I would think for a lot of people out there that they would be seeing that just depending, especially for revenue generating partnership programs, I could absolutely see that being the case. For us, it's not so much because it's an interesting dichotomy because we have, you know, we work with all size companies, right? So we work with small to mid-sized pharma, we work with the top 20, and some of those top 20, because they have so many divisions, could be working with a small mom and pop agency or they could be working with one of the big you know, public holding companies. So it really varies. And from our perspective, we spend the same amount of time on our clients as well as our agencies, no matter the size. Unlike a traditional agency, we don't bill hours. It's license-based. Mm -hmm. yep. So from our perspective, if we're working with a nonprofit versus we're working with a big pharma, it's all the same. And I treat our agencies as such as well. Got it. So you don't have any, you don't, mm -hmm. you're not working with any types of tiers or you're not, you don't have any, whatever, like a VIP program or anything like that, at, the, at least not at this point, right? It's more, it's the same, same level of service, if you will, for everybody that's part of the program. 
It is. I'd say if there was one exception to that, and it's not so much an exception, just more for convenience. In terms of the training and the meetings, many times when we're working with some of these bigger companies, we will try our best to accommodate, you know, what makes most sense in terms of the training is inviting, you know, 50 of your staff to come on our platform and take the training for two, three hours. Does that make more sense? Or is it advantageous for me to host, you know, a one hour live webcast and I can go through some of the training live and as many people can join right then and there. And then maybe they come on for the asynchronous portion for just an additional hour. So I'd say in terms of just any exceptions, that would probably be it in terms of how we handle the training and the certification program. Otherwise, everybody's treated equally. I think we should, I think it's about time that we get to the point. What do you think, Mike? I think that makes sense. Oh, you, you already had a question. You go for it. No, well, <laughs> uh, no, I was simply going to... Uh, Re frame for Angela and, and, and frame for our listeners, although by, by now I think our listeners know the drill, that when we get to the <laughs> point at this segment, at this point in the segment of the show, we really want to understand from, from you, Angela, how can um, companies out there uh, replicate this type of a program, this type of a partnership program? So really, let's talk about... Um, Kind of starting from the beginning, what, what you know, if somebody out there, let's say another SaaS company is thinking about, hey, you know, we really need to start a partnership program. Where do you think is the first place for them to start in terms of, uh, you know, getting the balls in motion with this type of a program? Absolutely. So I think internal buy-in is huge. So definitely aligning your sales teams, your marketing teams, you know, your account teams as they're applicable and making sure everybody is aligned on the goals and objectives of the partnership program. So is it revenue? Is it awareness? Is it a little bit of both? Are there areas that you're looking to grow? So is it market growth? Is it specific client growth? So aligning on those goals. And then what do you need to get the program going? So in my case, I uh, utilized help from our account teams for their experience, utilize our learning and development lead. She was actually very instrumental in helping me with the training videos, uh, getting up and running on the platform, because certainly if we're going to launch this, we wanted to make sure everything was in place. So we wanted to make sure all the collateral uh, was ready to go, the training events we wanted to make some noise so we had some events lined up so we could start educating people about this and then certainly identifying so who is going to be that initial group don't be afraid to ask for feedback so i would encourage other companies out there that are interested in doing this to really identify partners that they trust that they think are going to give them honest feedback what's working what's not within those first month or two so that you're not a year down the road and you've implemented this whole program and something's not working. Absolutely. And um, you've you Oh, go oh. ahead, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Normally we're really good at not stepping on each other's toes, <laughs> but you know, we we've we've been a little out of sync lately. Um so you touched on on this a little bit. I'd love to go deeper on some of these things. You know, you mentioned having assets, having events like an event calendar. So talk us through a little bit about you know, what does, you know, after you've, after someone has secured their internal buy-in, they've established their goals, they've aligned with internal partners on what the objectives of the program are. Hopefully there's a budget that's also been allocated for the program. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned assets, you've mentioned videos, you mentioned content calendars and, and event calendars. Talk us through um, what, what, what does that look like and what does that entail? And, um, what are the things that you need to get that program from concept to launch? Sure. So I think having also a timeline in, involved. So certainly budget is incredibly important. I think nowadays the nice part is that we have so many tools at our disposal that at least in our case, it felt we didn't need to be spending too much money to get this up and running. You know, we had in-house services already. We already had, you know, in-house graphics to help with the services. We had a learning and development team. We had our, you know, in our case, we had our software at our disposal. And then certainly we had a budget, you know, if you want to create gifts and things like that, or certainly event budgets. Also from my perspective, in terms of a target list, we felt as though that we had a built-in target list. And so that also, I came to the conclusion that, you know, we didn't need to blow it out of the water from a budget perspective. If you could really take a look at who you think your target audience is going to be, see if you've already got a target list generated that you can really help hone in on that. 
Um, from our standpoint, it was any of the agencies that have worked with us. And really, I tried to focus in the last three to five years, any of those agencies. And so from our perspective, those would be from a long-term goal, those would be the agencies that we would target. And then certainly along the way, through events, through website lead generation, we could build out the program that way. Um, in terms of just those beginning steps, I know you were asking about in terms of collateral and things like that, it just really goes back to that internal buy-in. So giving your program a title, what are going to be the ins and outs? What are those benefits? So laying out very clearly, because it can become very confusing right away, what are the benefits and what's in it for me for a partner to join your program? So being as detailed as possible, is there an expiration date to your program? Is it going to be every year that they need to do something to stay active within your program? For us right now, it's simply every five years, we're going to be touching base, having them re-sign an NDA with us um, and looking back at the training, whatever we have to update them at that time. And simply because we're on a continual basis checking in with them, they'll receive the updates. But from a training perspective, we do consider them active for five years. It might be in the future that if things become, you know, if our company expands and we think there's enough information that on a yearly basis, we want them to become recertified, we may do that as well. But for now, we thought this was a good starting point. So, you know, considerations for expiration. Do you want to charge for the program? That's something else to consider. And we talked a lot about that before we launched our program. Do we want to charge? Is this a revenue generator for us for people to train and be certified? Ultimately, we didn't see the cost benefit to us charging people and consider that more of a barrier to sign on than was worth it at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, you, know, you bring that up. And I'm, I'm curious. You know, this is more hypothetical because you guys chose not to go mm -hmm. that route. But what went into that decision? Like, what? where do you think it or do you even at all do you think there's ever room and where it makes sense to create uh that kind of a partnership certification program and charge for it and make it be a revenue stream where does that make sense and where does it not like where would you where do you believe you draw the line i think i would draw the line just when it starts to hinder those relationships because ultimately we're walking that fine line of we want them to recommend us for our standpoint from a virtual engagement perspective we want to be top of mind. So when our agency partners are talking to their clients and their clients say, hey, I need to engage with my stakeholders virtually, who should I use? We want within three to be top of mind. And so if charging them to be one of our partners is going to skew that opinion in any way, I don't think it's worth it. Down the road, as we, as our footprint gains traction in the marketplace, and right now we do have a pretty strong foothold globally, but as that continues to grow, then I could see potential for us to be charging because enough clients may then turn around and say, hey, you have to use within three. I don't care. You've got to use it. So go get trains. I don't care what it costs you. Mm -hmm. That would be the ultimate position to be in. And there are currently, especially in the software field, there are companies in that position. Um, you know, like if you've got account teams at a certain client that has to use their system and that's a great position to be in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the the other thing I'm just more of a, a general question, I suppose, is, you know, you've you've been at it for you know, about, a, is it about a year now that the program's been mm -hmm. live. Is that about right? Yeah. So I'm I'm curious, is there now that you're about a year in, has your opinion on anything changed in terms of like hey, like thinking that going into it, you thought something very specific was going to work, and maybe now it's something different or has any has your mi mindset kind of shifted in any way as now you're a year into it? I think just in terms of recruitment efforts, I think that was actually the biggest surprise for me because we did start with that initial group and everybody was very much buying in and it was, they were very quick to sign on. And then you kind of saw a little bit of a trickle effect. We launched the program in September. And so it was a little hard to identify, was it? you know, due to COVID last year, was it Q3 planning? And just, you know, when it comes to Q3 planning, like many industries, everybody is just going nuts. And so it's hard to allocate the time for training. I did see a resurgence in companies signing on by the first of the year. And so that's was my only thinking in terms of, you know, timing. So I think that's another good point is when to launch your program, when does it make sense for your particular industry? 
So I think that's about the only angle that I was a little surprised that there was a bit of a drop off once the program got going. And I'd like to think it was just purely timing because it seems to be that it's picked up once we enter the new year. And let's talk about launch. So when, once all the assets, all the timeline events are in place, everything is sort of ready to go and you pull the trigger. How does what is that? Um, what is that initial phone call or email or webinar look like? What is the experience that you want your partners to walk away from? And is are there any um, sort of little special things that you do to um, to create that sense of excitement uh, for your partners? Absolutely. So I think it is that holistic marketing mix to get the message out there. So we certainly use pretty much every tactic at our disposal. So social media channels, we had a PR release that went out to you know as many markets as possible in terms of the news outlets that made sense for this industry. We had a newsletter campaign that was directly targeted at the contacts that we already had in our database. We also did some initial research. So we took that initial target list and we did some LinkedIn campaigns. We did some paid lead generation through LinkedIn just to start raising awareness among our initial group. And then we also just did, you know, your general cold calling emails just to get that initial group up and signed on. So with that was, I mean, just countless presentations in the beginning. We did, or as far as I hosted some webinars as well that really walked people through what this all entailed and keeping them short. So I think, you know, when it comes to these types of webinars and everybody's low on time, kept them to 30 minute increments. We would host them, you know, different points of the day because this is a global program. So we wanted all of our counterparts around the world to be able to participate, to be cognizant of that. And also enlisting, you know, just going back to internal people for some of these webinars, we actually enlisted, you know, some members of our team, especially on our account teams. We actually have a lot of people who came from agency world. So we enlisted their help so that they could share their experiences and so that they can share why this program is absolutely worthwhile. So, yeah, just really that initial outreach instituting you know some form of a media mix so you can keep that awareness going. And we do that on a you know monthly basis. So on LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, we're on Facebook. Uh, those agency spotlights were really key. So we were unrolling those, I'd say, monthly so that we have interviews with our partners. And then, yeah, just keeping, you know, the information fresh is really key. I'm curious, and this maybe is going to get fairly tactical, but um, like what kind of media budget do you have allocated for for this? I don't know if, you, if you're willing to share that. Sure. So on a, we have a budget of around 10000 on a quarterly basis, and I've used that in different manners. So I actually do have a swag store. So for those that complete the training, I actually send them a link for free swag, picked out a couple of items that I thought would be useful to folks as they're working from home. Uh, so and that's actually been a big hit. I find I send that link and within a minute, they've already bought their swag. So that's definitely uh, <laughs> that's actually. Yeah. I'm sorry, I keep interrupting you. Can you share? Can you uh, share with us what uh, what are those items that are up for grabs? Sure. So I uh, kept it simple to three items. So actually, a nice Yeti mug with our logo. So that actually seems to be a big seller. A ring light to put on your laptop, mm-hmm. and then a, a wireless uh, Bluetooth charger for your phone. That's a speaker as well at the same time. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. that 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 was. Um, some of the things that we were considering also is, you know, when you have a partnership program, how do you, you know, show that appreciation and show them a little bit of love? And and certainly um, everyone loves swag. So I'm glad that you have that as part of your program and that you could share with us a little bit about what what uh, what that uh, what that experience and looks who's like. Your, I'm curious, who's your I mean, there's a billion million providers out there, but who's your swag store set up through? Uh, right now we're using swag.com. Mm-hmm. And really, when I was going through it, I know one of my colleagues uses another shop and the name's escaping me right now uh, for another initiative she's working on. I was trying to find one that the products were nice and quality because we've all received a swag box or we've gotten stuff that you take and you're just like, <laughs> and so I, I was really legit and I actually I, I did a focus panel internally I actually I sent a couple of images around to my colleagues and I said, what out of this would you legitimately 
want to use? Would you go on and you wouldn't mind if somebody's logo was on it? Um, you know, because that's the other thing. Sometimes you get something that's was like massive on it. So. Right, right, right. Yeah. Which That's, is good for us, but <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. It's good for the, you know, it's good for you, but is it really beneficial to your partners or to your clients? Um, which is interesting because we we just had um we just had some feedback given to us by one of our clients that said, "Hey, we love your gifts. We love the things that you send us, but honestly, I don't need any more mugs. I don't want any more water bottles." Yeah. You know, can, can you guys Even though think ours of, are pretty high quality? Our, our, so again, we also we also said let's find you know the highest quality um, yeah. for the minimum quantity that we need, and and how can we make this look cool and sexy? And the feedback was, hey, it's it's a really nice gesture, but I don't want any more mugs. I don't want any more water bottles. So, um, so that was the, I, I was just really curious about what your what the swag was and kind of how you went about setting that up. So it sounds like the items that you've chosen are things that are really useful to the people in your group. Absolutely. And the site was fully customizable, which was also, you know, of interest to me and why I chose them. So it matches our colors. It's very seamless for them to go on. Um, so yeah, so that's why, and I, that's why I kept it to three items. And, and also, you know, I looked at the boxes to a lot of companies, you can send a whole box of stuff, but I, the last couple that I've gotten have, you know, stickers and pens and I literally, it just goes in the trash. So <laughs> I, I just, I, um, I felt as though when the response was every, as soon as I would send the link, people were immediately, as a matter of fact, I even had some that there was a lag time one week when I was on vacation and I didn't hit send on the swag that I actually had two people say, I'm looking for my swag. Did you send it yet? So it's working. I like free stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That is, that's great. And that's, um, it's an interesting component to think about when somebody is putting together a partnership program, you know, the sort of what's in it for me, obviously, there's education, there's tool, there's content, there's resources, there's the fact that you can share a logo, you know, kind of have mm -hmm. that association with a program or with a company that say, hey, I'm, I'm part of their program, I'm certified, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I've got this insider scoop about this company. Um, but sometimes you also have to think about, well, how do we show love? How do we show appreciation? How do we tell our partners, hey, you know, thank you for taking that certification program. Thank you for making the time to joining us in our webinar or in our training program. Here's a little something in return. How do you think um, that aspect of the program will change or will evolve as you continue to grow and as you continue to bring on more uh, more partners into the program. One of the areas that I would actually really like to see grow is that events piece, because currently our company does a tremendous amount of events towards the client side. And the couple of events that I've done, I've had a lot of success in terms of generating leads but then also just bridging that connection to our partners. So the couple that I've done, I've really only done a handful, everybody that has been asked to participate from our partners sec, they've just really enjoyed themselves. And they've come back, they're like, you know, ask me anytime, this was really great. They love showing their colleagues. And I just felt that that was also a nice added benefit that the reaction was even more positive than I thought it was going to be. And I think it's just great awareness for the program. And it also just continues to build your credibility. So it builds your credibility as a partner, as an expert in the field, and then also gives your partners a chance to showcase their expertise as well. Yeah. So that's de a definite area that I see for growth. And it's at this point, just simply been a bandwidth issue that I haven't expanded past what we've done. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, following up on that, do you, are, are these events virtual or will you at some point uh, consider doing an in-person, let's say an in-person summit for your partners? Absolutely. Uh, yes to both. So predominantly it's all been virtual. I'm looking forward to now in the States since things are opening up, uh, doing some lunch and learns and doing some in-person, you know, dedicated uh, talks with some of our partners, but absolutely long-term that would be the goal. And I know we have some thoughts on that even directly towards our clients. So it would be nice to have a specific agency tracked where they're receiving education in person. So yes, that 
is the ultimate goal at this point. For now, it's simply been virtual with a combination of events that we're supporting ourselves, that we're putting on. We actually have an event series called Partner Talks. And so those have been shorter webinars where we've invited internal uh, colleagues, as well as some of our partners to come share experiences. And typically they're a dedicated topic each month. And then second to that, we're sponsoring and supporting outside uh, vendor events as well. So last question from me, and then Michael, I'll see if you have any more questions for Angela at this point. Um, Thinking about anyone out there that's listening, that's potentially either working on a partnership program or maybe already has one in place that they're they're just in the infancy stages of launching. What's one one piece of advice that you would give anyone listening out there uh, in in terms of something that you learned, let's say the hard way or something that you thought was going to go one way, but went totally the opposite way. What's something that people should, should be aware of as they think about launching or creating a partnership program of their own? So as far as, you know, what I've learned and what I would recommend to people that are embarking on this journey is to ensure that the benefits that you're laying out are in fact benefits for your partners, that they're very clear and that they're executed well. So one of the areas that I've needed to revamp over the course of the program is the training. So uh, some of the training components I think were a little too long. And so we had actually included a survey right off the bat. So again, just gaining that feedback as quickly as possible, but we had, uh, had a survey just to find out how was the user experience, how are the benefits working for you, And really the most feedback that we were receiving is the training was a little too long. So we were able to go back, edit the video footage that we included. We also revamped the questions. We had initially been trying to showcase all of our question types on our software, and we were finding that it was almost too much. We were throwing too much content their way. And so we needed to just go back and edit and revise because, you know, last thing we want is for them to start the training and then they get halfway through and they're like, it's just too much. I'll, I'll come back to it later. And then they don't come back. So okay. once we revised it, really honed in on the information, made it shorter, we were finding more people were completing the training. And then we were, and then from there, it makes the conversation much more seamless once they've taken the training and then we can continue those conversations about clients. Absolutely. Thank you. Quality so much. over quantity. Yes. Exactly. It, 100%. Well, Angela, you've showed us the proof. We've gotten to the point, and now it's time for the lightning round. Okay. Mike, do you want to take on the lightning round? Questions? I can do that. Yeah. All right. So um, we'll just go right down the list as we usually do. Uh, what is the main KPI you use to evaluate marketing success? So, from our perspective, it's just simply that awareness and how many individuals have been coming back to us with requests for the demo and requests for more information. Okay. Okay. Uh, What is a new marketing strategy or tactic you're looking forward to testing out this year? Uh, It's actually on LinkedIn and they have dedicated pages that your company can utilize separate from your main companies tracked and so you can invite 100 members every month so it has to be individuals you're connected with but i'm super excited about this because i'll be able to populate my own content directly there and allow companies and agencies to be following that content so i i think that's is, be is that the is that the showcase pages that, yes uh, and you're going to create a separate one for the the partner program exactly Very cool. oh that's exciting yeah that's yes um what What's a tool or platform you use in your work that you couldn't live without? Hmm, great question. I think internally, probably Slack. (laughs) I think at this point, I think that's just become such a critical tool for us. Oh, yeah. We definitely echo that sentiment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, What is your least favorite business word or phrase? Buckets. <laughs> that's, a, that's a new one. Okay. <clears throat> um, so I, I'll say buckets. I think my entire career, especially working with sales, everybody talks about that. <laughs> what falls into what bucket, which budget bucket. Yeah. <laughs> Throw funny, the bucket yeah. out the window. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it, it's funny, you know, I've never, until you just said that, I've never really thought of it that way, but now I don't know that I can ever listen or, or use the word buckets anymore in my 
<laughs> my day to day. Um, what is your favorite podcast? Oh, my, oh, uh, business or personal? <laughs> Either way, one of each, if you want. Oh, um, well, that's a good question. As far as personal lately, I've been watching, uh, listening to a lot of Conan. <laughs> um, used to be a big Conan fan, so I listened to a lot of his interviews. I also listen to a lot of NPR podcasts as well. Just I switch kind of between the two, whatever mood I'm in. Um, and then I listen to a lot of healthcare podcasts, quite frankly. I mean, as far as whatever time I have in the car, which is not very much lately. Mm -hmm. um, but usually it's, you know, just general healthcare podcasts and that comes podcasts. Wonderful. Is there any particular one that, that sticks out in your mind in terms of healthcare podcasts? <laughs> Not really at this moment. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Just curious. Um, and then uh, along those same lines, what is your favorite business or marketing book? Hmm. It's an oldie, but Good to Great is actually one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. I think it has a lot of great lessons and it still works today. So, yeah, I think that's one of my favorites. Yep, yep. Um, and last but not least, who is a B2B marketing expert that you admire on LinkedIn? Hmm. That might be a hard one for me to answer. B2B marketing expert, maybe not even, doesn't have to be LinkedIn. I might have to pass on that question. Okay. That one, sorry, that might be one that's throwing me to answer. Hmm. No, no problem. No so I, I, have a, I have a bonus question for you. What is the uh, the best piece of swag that you've ever received? Hmm. Um, I really haven't gotten that great swag. <laughs> that's, a sad, that's a sad part. I think that's why I'm so judgmental about swag. Yeah. <laughs> Or, um, or we can say, what's yeah. the worst piece of swag that you've received? You don't, you don't have to say who gave it to you, but maybe what the item was. I think back in the day when I used to get the little USB drives, I used to covet those. But of course, now those, I feel like, are um, towels. When I used to go to Congresses, they'd give out a lot of towels with like the company logo, which of course I never wanted to use. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it makes you wonder like the whole thing, like, okay, I'm going to. Wash my face with your tongue. It's just that. Yeah, I mean, exactly. it's a little strange. <laughs> yeah. Well, Angela, thank you so much for joining us today. How can our yeah. listeners, what's the best way for our listeners to connect with you? Sure. Um, I'll make it easy. We have an email, VEP at within3.com. And they're also welcome to connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm very active on there. So they're welcome to contact me there as well. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you so yeah. much for joining and we look forward to uh, seeing the, all the great things that you're doing on LinkedIn with the program and seeing that showcase page. And um, thanks everyone for listening. Great, thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Show Me the Proof Get to the Point podcast. Join us weekly for new episodes and seriously smart B2B marketing success stories. We'll show you the proof and get to the point every time. Find additional resources on the ProofPoint website, www.proofpoint.marketing, including the full episode library with show notes, guides, templates, and more great resources. If you like this episode, don't forget to subscribe and please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts.